find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? It is your boy. You are tuned in to another brand new episode of the world famous, the award-winning Behind the Baller podcast, coming to you live and direct from Hollywood, California. Should be in Seattle, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But brand new episode, y'all, of BTB. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Wash Lord aka Odessu. Guys, this show is brought to you in 100% museum quality, high definition stereo sound, courtesy of the Dust Brothers. That's Miles Davis, Jordan Winter, podcast producers extraordinaire. Man, let's just get right the fuck into it, right? So uh, I hope everyone had a great week. I know we took Thursday off. We had Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I am going to try to be as much of a non-Debbie Downer as I can. But holidays are just, you know, really big in my household. But I'm just not really a holiday type of person. I mean, I love the kids to celebrate like, you know, Thanksgiving's dope because we, you know, with the family and stuff. Christmas is obviously the biggest. Um, Halloween used to be the biggest. Easter used to be the biggest. But you know, the kids are in school, they're getting older, Kaya kind of gets into it, and she's so sharp and so smart now, but, you know, this is the real holiday season right now, and it's kind of like, it's important that we emphasize this with the kids, and I think London kind of still doesn't really understand that the tooth fairy doesn't exist, we've been doing this with them for a while since they lose their teeth, and, um, you know, Kaya's really young, but, you know, there's just shit that, you know, they're starting to understand, but Christmas is coming up. It is going to be painful for me. And, um, you know, we're just under two months away from my 50th birthday. And I'm going to celebrate that because it is a, a major milestone. But anyways, Thanksgiving was cool. It was chill. I had family over. And uh, my mom told, you know, more embarrassing stories. Like shit about me getting arrested, you know, before, you know, the age of uh, where London is right now. So pretty much right after writer's age. And I, I talked about this many times. I just think about where I was as, as an eight, nine-year-old compared to where Ryder and London are. You know, they couldn't fucking get home four blocks away from our house. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, they, they do know more and, and there's Ryder's super sharp when it comes to that type of like his awareness and stuff. London is, um, you know, super sharp when it comes to anything that relates to like mathematical stuff. Even like, Anything that just deals with studying and, and technology and shit like that. Um, I think Kai's going to be the same as Ryder. But anyways, going on. You know, we had turkey, all that shit. It was... Um, I don't know if this year just had, it was a bad meal. Because my mother-in-law could get down. But this year, my wife um, had a friend make our turkey. We got a fried turkey. And it wasn't lit. And... Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm just not a huge turkey. Pr I used to love turkey. I used to love turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, all that shit. I, I just, 
this was just a Thanksgiving that I wasn't really crazy about. And the funny thing is my mother-in-law makes the most crack Filipino spaghetti and it's sweet, you know, and um, it's just super good. I had that, you know, I had some stuffing, um, had some uh, potatoes and all that and everything. But, you know, Thanksgiving was just, it was a chill time. And my mind was on so many different things because, you know, I had, I had a hectic week last week, very hectic week this week coming up. But uh, I flew to Vegas, obviously, right? And um, was out there for a wedding. And I want to talk about that, actually. It's crazy because talking to the people that attended the wedding, they uh, were very gracious, very, very kind, normal um, Mexican-American family, great people. And anyway, so my friend, my boy Jesse, got married. And uh, Jesse has been detailing my cars for just about 10 years, nine years now, sorry. 2013, early 2013 is when he started detailing the cars. And when I lived in a high-rise condo downtown, he had the contract to kind of do um, the detailing for the cars there. And we just kind of developed friendship. He's just a great guy. He's a really good dude. Didn't know he was so fucking young. He was uh, about 21 or 22 when I met him. He's a super young kid. He's super good, good kid from San Fernando Valley. And um, he's washed my cars. Shit. 30, 40 cars since then. And he's come to my house. He's been to several homes. He's been invited to private events, Super Bowl parties, uh, birthday parties and things like that. Just very, very good dude. Hard worker. Comes from a hardworking Mexican-American family. Just a great guy. And uh, he got married to his high school sweetheart, this girl named Karen. She's also the most sweetest girl in the world. And they got married at Caesars Palace in Vegas this weekend. And uh, it was a beautiful wedding, actually. You know, I was like, oh, shit. You know, he went all out. And, you know, they rented out a ballroom at Caesars Palace. They had it in the court. They had this, like, nice little Garden of the Gods or something, whatever. It was outside. It was fucking freezing, by the way. It was, you know, in the 40s. And I'm wearing a suit. And, um, you know, his family knows I'm busy, which is, you know, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I try to be as normal as possible. I try to stay out the way. My wife was supposed to come. But the original plan was I was going to go to Vegas with my wife. And then, obviously, I had the Seahawks game. So I'd be flying straight from Vegas to Seattle, and she'd have to come home. And it just didn't make sense. It's cold, so the kids couldn't really go in a pool or nothing. And then out of nowhere, my mother-in-law and father-in-law decided to come to Vegas too. So it was just like a, a crazy time. I had to do some content. You know, um, I shot some content at the Wynn. By the way, shout out to Ryan Jones at the Wynn Casino. Shout out to the Wynn Resort, period. This is the best place, period. Got to get all my, you know, all the best fucking food in, all that and everything, room service. I, I just kind of kicked it. Didn't go out. That was just something I couldn't do. My boy Jasmine was out of town. And then when he got in town, I was too washed up to go out. But anyways, let's talk about um, my boy Jesse had you know a great wedding. And the more people I spoke to, I was kind of disappointed that a lot of my closer friends or people who know me, they're like, oh, who's the guy? You know, is he a friend? Is he a good friend? Is he a celebrity? Is this? I was like, no, dude, sky washes my cars, made his engagement ring. You know, made the wedding rings. We, 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 you know, this guy's a good person, just a hardworking dude. And to tell you the truth, sometimes I feel bad because he'll go 10 times the extra route to detail a car, not charge me what he should charge me, 
I've been in maybe a hundred fights with him about about paying him. And you just, I can't explain it to you, man. This guy is just a fucking great person. So, you know, um, I brought, um, instead of using the, the registry, I brought him a chain for his wife, a, a diamond chain and um, from my store. And uh, it was just a good time, man. You know what I mean? Hung out for like three hours. And, you know, the, the, the food was good. He had a mariachi brand. Actually, the DJ was lit. Got to really meet all of his family, have you know some cool conversation with them. All great people, man. So outgoing and nice. He's actually Jesse's a really shy dude, and he used to have an IG page for it, but then he decided to do something different. And it just, anyways, the point is, I don't really attend a lot of weddings, right? And um, Jordan's wedding was fucking. <laughs> Jordan from Dust Brothers' wedding was was just like, I almost kicked Jordan's ass, cause like Jordan, where the fuck you get the money for this? You know what I'm saying? Jordan spent more money at his wedding than I did on my wedding. And I'm not fucking with you guys. I'm being dead ass serious. And um, Miles' wedding was really nice too. And it was just like funny things. And, and you know, I don't know if it was because I wasn't with Nick at the wedding. I don't know. I just caught a glimpse of the moment. And um, Jesse's wife shared a, a moment when they were talking to each other. It was a very non-traditional wedding. And the... Uh, I don't think it was an ordained minister. I don't know what, but the official who wed them, he had them speak to each other. And she said, ever since you saw you in math class and this and that, it just fucked me up. I don't know what it is, man. You know, I know I sometimes have this standoffish, tough guy image. So I'm like, oh, you don't know, whatever. People who really know me obviously know what I've been through and where I grew up and where I've been. And I couldn't have got, never got where I was today because... Um, from being soft or being, you know, from a sheltered life or whatever it is, or a rich family or some shit. None of the, all that narrative is just not true. But, you know, the real shit is that, you know, I, I was on the streets and I relate to obviously Hispanics and stuff. And, and, um, she said this really sweet story and it made me really think about Nick. And I was like, damn, man, I have such a patient wife. Sometimes I want to kill her and I just think about like, if the tables were turned, I don't know. Cause she was fucking frustrated because the kids were on one again. They, I told you, they've been on one for, for months and months now. They're just at that age where they don't give a fuck about, they'll take punishment. They don't really care. They know that we're kind of soft. We'll give them, we'll take their phone away, give it back, whatever, computers and all that shit and everything. But you know, I said this last week on Twitter. I was like, man, I wish my kids really knew how good they had it. And you know, during COVID they saw, you know, what their friends' lives were like, you know, via Zoom, whatever, what the homeless situation was like, what it was like when I was giving away clothes to the homeless people at the bridge, you know, um, in Hollywood underneath there, you know, closest to Los Feliz. And it was like, you know, it, it opened London and Ryder's eyes for sure. Kaya doesn't really understand. And I think, you know, Kaya's not, she's, she's not like that anyway. But I just thought about how much my wife has, has put her life aside for me so I can flourish. And again, I'm the breadwinner. So, you know, I, it's a given to me, but just made me kind of soft. And I just got like real, um, not emotional, but I got on my feelings, you know, a little bit. I was like, damn, man, you know, this is a beautiful situation. And I reflected on our marriage and everything and all that. I just had a good ass time. It was really cool to chill with, with Jesse and hang out with them. So I just wanted to say shout out to Jesse and, uh, Karen Jimenez, Mr. and Mrs. It's a good time, man. You know, uh, of course, open bar and all that. And it just, he had a, he had a really nice wedding, man. I was, I was really happy I attended that. And um, 
while his wedding was going on, my friend uh, Colin Morikawa got married on the same day, Saturday. Yeah, PGA Tour winner, was ranked number one in the world for a long time. He's still a top 10 PGA Tour player. He has uh, won two majors, several, many events. But uh, yeah, congrats to Colin and Kat. And uh, I made actually Colin Morikawa's wedding ring. And um, speaking of golf, before the wedding, I finally got to play Shadow Creek, which is, you know, considered like one of the, you know, the best courses in America. It was, you know, fucking beautiful track. It was cold as shit. I teed off super early. There was a frost warning. I was uh, clubbing up two to three clubs higher. So normally I hit my pitching wedge like 110, 120 maybe. So for like 110, I'm using like a nine fucking iron, which, you know, normally on any other course is going to go 135 or something. It's just like all my yardages are all fucked up. But the touch and feel shit felt good. And uh, my putting was still fine. There was a couple of times where the putting was fucked up, but the course was so beautiful. I understand. Shadow play is real long. And um, ever since I broke 80, my score in the last three rounds have, have gotten worse and worse, right? They're up closer to the 90s and actually, what was it, 90? The fuck did I shoot? Shot a 90, I think. Anyways, it's gotten worse, but my play has gotten a lot better, which is fucking weird, right? And um, I'm headed to Miami this week to play a tournament, and I think um, you know, obviously, as, a, as sometimes when time goes by, if you don't play and don't practice, I've gotten better and better as these mall ball tourneys have happened. And this is Mulligans in, in Miami. And the cool thing is, it's a scramble. And my teammate is J.R. Smith. And so, yeah, so I'm playing this Miami, uh, Mulligans in Miami in Miami for the Art Basel. Art Basel's every year in Miami. They have one in Hong Kong, whatever. And I'm not going to see no fucking art, even though I'm, I'm a semi-lover of the arts. I don't really give a fuck. I'm not going to party. I may hit Tootsie's, I don't know yet, but I'm not going to live. I'm not going to fucking um, 11, none of that shit. I'm not trying to hang out. I get some Cuban food. I'm trying to chill in the fucking hotel and I'll play some golf and I'm definitely going to practice before I play. And that's pretty much what I'm going out there for. And Cash App is sponsoring me to go out there and they're paying me, you know, they're paying me a real nice bag to go play that tournament. So shout out to Cash App, shout out to my agent and agency, XL Sports Management. But yeah, man, um, I'm excited about that. But also, well, no, I'll get into the fucking cancellation shit later. But, uh, you know, I had a good time in Vegas. You know, obviously I hit Red 8, my favorite spot. You know, I had the room service and all that. But I got to meet up with one of my super followers on Twitter, which they switched the name on Twitter. It's not super followers anymore. They're called subscribers. And I had this debate with myself, like, do I switch and do subscriptions on Instagram or do I do on Twitter? And I'm still thinking about just doing both and then having everyone trickle over because there's so many more features on Instagram for subscribers. And I think I'm going to do it. I just have to figure out what I'm going to do. But I really do love the way the chat is set up on Twitter. And um, I, I got to figure that out. But anyways, this guy named Josh, he's, um, he's one of Floyd Mayweather's security detail. And uh, he's been following me for a while. And he's actually friends with a good friend of mine. And he's a solid dude. And on top of that, he's with Floyd almost every day. You know, Mayweather, me and Floyd used to be real tight. And uh, I won't say we had a falling out. I just <laughs> won't even get into it. But, you know, we had dinner at Red 8. I ended up having lunch the next day there too. 
And uh, or no, it was no, it was two days later, huh? Shit, I don't even remember. I'm I'm so fucking out of it right now. But me and Josh got to chop it up. Cool fucking dude, man. And it's crazy because again, this is a guy I just met off the internet, you know. And um, by random chance, this dude used to work at FedEx, literally running a FedEx station, and got a job with Floyd Mayweather. And now he's running with them. You know what I'm saying? Floyd takes good care of him. Solid fucking guy. And it just shows like, I'm not trying to convince you motherfuckers I'm a regular dude. I'm telling you guys, this is my life, you know. But yeah, man, it, it was a good time in Vegas, you know, playing some golf, chilling out, getting away from the family for a little bit and trying to clear my head. And um, I wake up, I, you know, get dressed up, head to the golf course. And immediately I get some bad news that a friend of mine, Hovane, had died. Now, there's an article somewhere saying that he's 56. I'm going to keep it 100. I know he's not 56 because he knows how old I am for sure. And uh, he may, be, may could be. But you know what? Most people, especially from Brooklyn, you know, in hip hop, being in the music business so long, being a manager, being a middleman, being just being someone who's been loved in the hip hop community, you don't address somebody as big homie if they're younger than you. I never in a million years would ever call anybody big. I don't give a fuck if you're seven feet tall. I'm not calling nobody big homie that's that's younger. It's like, you know, in the Korean culture, you call somebody young who's older than you. I ain't gonna call no fucking dude younger than me or young. And some people have a thing with that. Don't want to call somebody young, whatever, boom. Unless it's really their brother and stuff, right? And I really don't use that term, even if it's someone older than me, you know. But he addressed me as big homie. And some people are like, yo, you can't call somebody older than you big homie or little homie, whatever. I'm pretty goddamn sure that he was younger because he addressed me as big homie. Anyways, my man Hovain Hilton had passed away. Passed away, I guess, uh, day after Thanksgiving. And um, Hovain was a little overweight. And that didn't really matter, you know what I'm saying? The, the thing is, this man had a huge heart. I just spoke to him this week because he uh, got my money counter. And he's always been a big supporter of mine, been a good dude. Wanted to get jewelry from me here and there, and I don't think I just really had the time. But he managed Styles P from the Locks. Managed, he's had so many different artists from Troy Ave to just so many people over the years. And we've always been cool with each other. And um, he tweeted a week ago, tomorrow's not guaranteed. You never know if you're going to be here tomorrow, something like that. And that, and that exact, you know, I don't know exactly what it, but that fucked me up. And, um, my man DJ Mustard hit me up. He's like, yo, what happened to Hovane? And I was like, bro, he died. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to assume, you know, I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if it was he had a heart attack. Maybe, you know, he, was, he wasn't in the best health as far as, you know, he was, he was a big dude. And Mustard used to be big as fuck. Six years ago, Mustard was fucking 300-something pounds. Mustard lost 100-something pounds in weight. He's been working out like crazy. He's been getting on his fitness, and he's changed a lot. And he's, he's actually completely transformed. I'm happy for him. I'm not mad at anybody trying to level up. If you still, you come from the hood, whatever, boom, and you know, you, you, man, I'm not mad at nobody that got to leave. You ain't got to help everybody. Take care of your family, help who you can. You know, you got a couple of homies that you put on, great, man. But I'm all for anybody that needs to get out, see the world, do some different shit. Because when you stand and still not doing anything, is that's where no growth happens. And so Mustard's like, yo, man, I be telling motherfuckers, man. He's like living proof, you know, motherfucker. Mustard be playing tennis. And I'm like, goddamn. 
you know, you're really about, you know, like getting in shape and everything. And he's always on the treadmill. He's really trying to lose his weight, trying to watch what he eats. And the thing is, like, I'm right there with him. And thank God that golf kind of got me into shape, you know, but I just got serious about that fucking, um, I just got persistent with sticking on that intermittent fasting diet. And it's, you know, it's it's worked great for me. Anyways, man, rest in peace to Hovain. He was a very good dude, father, husband, friend. And it's a tragedy, man. Just It, it kind of fucked me up. And I think one thing about golf that's amazing is that if you can't block out anything in your head, you're not going to do well. And in a way that's like you become numb, you become, you know, you have to almost be a robot. And that's why a lot of these pro golfers have mental coaches. And a lot of times you go on the course, you may think you're fine. You're in good shape. You're good. You have money, whatever it may be. And in order to do well out there, you have to really block everything out and just focus on that course. And you may not even know. You may feel like you may really feel good. But then a bad phone call, something, it could be literally that little. And again, if you don't play the game like my wife doesn't understand what it is, she doesn't realize the fucking call about, you know what? I can't believe you left the door open or some shit like that. I'm like, God, I, I, like sometimes I want, I, like it's because I take it so serious and I'm spending money into it. That right there fucks your whole shit up. And that's why my phone is off most of the time. Some people say, hey, how come you record this and that? I really don't pull my phone out. When you see videos of me posting something on a golf course, they're not my videos. It's my cousin, my friend, somebody else. I don't, my phone is on silent. I don't want to be bothered by nobody. That shit's on do not disturb. And even though my wife is on emergency bypass, I tell her before, don't hit me unless it's important. And what I'm getting at is the moment I saw that he died because my phone was blowing the fuck up. I was like, who the fuck called this many times? I saw he was trending on Twitter. I couldn't get it out of my head, man. And not that golf is that fucking important, no matter how much I love it. You know, obviously a life is, is 10 times more and I'm, I'm sad to lose my friend, but it's a trip. You know, I'm just letting you guys know just this is just me shooting the shit about how seriously focused and locked in you have to be when you're playing. And that's why when you see dudes who are really good, you know, they say they're scratch, whatever. I don't believe anybody on TikTok, whatever else. And just like people don't believe how fucking, how decent I play. And I'm not even good, right? And I don't say that to be a dick to disrespect to people who've been playing for 10 years and can't break 90. I'm saying around the people I play with. I'm concerned myself very good. I think I've accomplished a shit ton in a short amount of time. But you could be really good, play tough courses, do a YouTube channel like Good Good or whatever. But to play one-on-one -on -one in a tournament on a PGA level and play four days, 72 holes, that shit is not a joke. That shit is tough. When the lights come on, everything changes. And even the pros I play with, you know what I'm saying? Some of these guys, they're retired. They don't play anymore because that shit's too fucking stressful. And I'm going to get a lot more into that with my new you know, podcast, TV show, Part 3, with me, Stephen Maubon, and J.R. Smith. Um, we actually begun filming this week. And um, I'm looking forward to it. It's obviously a Dust Brothers production as well. And uh, my agency has put this all together. So uh, I'm excited. You know, there's some very powerful golf people on my agency, and this is going to be a fucking amazing show. I think we're going to smash this motherfucker out the fucking park, literally. And uh, again, let me remind, remind you guys, I mean, if this show drops in January, February, then, you know, BTB will go to one episode a week, so I'll be traveling way more, playing more golf and doing things that I love, and I'm starting to dissolve some of the things that are going on right now. But anyways... Real quick before we go to commercial break, I want to say thank you to everyone who bought my money counter. It did sell out. 
there was an issue with uh, international orders, and I apologize for that. But I'm fucking excited, man. And by the way, shit, someone's trying to like say like, oh man, you know they say we're in a recession? Well, fuck, I didn't know about it because fucking, you know, Black Friday did so well. Shit. Let me tell you something. Black Friday was so nuts that when I got to Vegas, I thought entering the wind was packed. I don't know what the fuck was going on. The freeway was fine. Everything was cool. Airport wasn't even that deep. Just to get in the fashion show mall was a 20-minute wait in cars. And this big-ass parking lot is a huge, massive mall. It was fucking packed as fuck. Does that mean the economy's back? No. I think motherfuckers just spending money they don't have. They don't give a fuck. They're scared about lockdowns with COVID. You know, there's all this shit that's going on in China right now. People are riding out there because they're sick of it. And I get it. At the same time, some people are like, fuck this. I'm not living for tomorrow, I'm living for today. And I get that people should live that way. But I think you should also account for being smart. And at the same time, you know, if there are really big Black Friday sales, okay, I get it, cool. Not everyone's, you know, able to go out there and pay full price or something. So I understand that point. But um, I appreciate the money counter. Again, um, I think I might have mentioned it here. I'm not really sure. But I have an official NBA Lakers collaboration with my Ben Baller brand. I'm fucking super hyped for that. But we're going to go into commercial. And we'll be back. And I'll tell you about my fucked up weekend and how the fucking shit ended and just ended up being a fucking disaster. All right? You hear that Lakey Lake in the background? We got some commercials. We'll be right back, y'all. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe. Discover new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing. From an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. Even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify has got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. It's never been easier to start and grow a business thanks to Shopify. Sell your goods however you want. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the e-commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on. Try Shopify free and start selling anywhere. This possibility is powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash baller. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash baller to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase. Yo, yo, we're back. So this is the weekend wrap up. And um, Saturday night, like I said, I was supposed to, well, they're trying to get me to go out to excess and I didn't. And um, I was trying to be in bed by nine o'clock. 
actually I couldn't be possible. I left the fucking wedding at 10. But yeah, I was trying to be at bed just and just get like as much sleep as I could. I know how to be up at 4, 4.30 and head to the airport at 5.30. And I get to uh, Harry Reid International Airport. It used to be McCarran, right? I don't know when the fuck they changed the name of the airport. But I've never flown out of this terminal before. I've always flown out of Terminal 1 because that's where Southwest is and that's where um, even United, I think, a couple other, whatever. So I fly out of Terminal 3. I get there. Everything is all fucking Gucci. There's a 6 a.m. flight and a 7.20 flight going to Seattle. I don't want to fly on the 6 a.m. flight because that means I'd arrive in Seattle like right at 9 a.m. or 8.55. And I don't want to fuck up my boy picking me up in the airport. I could have taken a car or whatever. But, you know, I'm just like, it's cold as fuck in Seattle too. It was freezing in fucking Vegas. Even a little bit colder in Seattle. But we had the sun in Vegas, which was nice. So I'm packed, ready to go. I got all my shit my bags, my clubs, everything. Check in, everything's fine. I'm good. I get to the fucking gate. All right, everything's beautiful. They start boarding. First class goes first. I go in the plane. I sit down, I'm chilling. And all of a sudden, this lady keeps telling us, oh yeah, the flight is completely full. So if you want to check in your bag here, you know, we'll, we'll do it for free, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to pass out, take a nap because I'm fucking tired of shit. I told the, the stewardess, I was like, hey, listen, um, I know I ordered a cheese and granola plate, but I can't eat it anyway. But I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go sleep. So I'm good. I got my water. I don't need anything. So I put my hoodie on over my head, crash out, and um, wake up to find out that we were taking off, going down the tarmac, going on to the fucking, you know, the takeoff strip. And the pilot noticed that the fucking glass was cracked or broken. And the front, I guess the windshield of the airplane. And I'm like, wait, what? So I look at the time. My flight's supposed to leave at uh, 7.20. And it's like 8 a.m. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to deplane. And we should have an update in 30 minutes. We should be leaving at 8.30. So I'm like, 8.30, all right, cool. That means I'll get to Seattle like around 11.15-ish or 11.30-ish. And... uh is it 9.30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere around 11.15. Like 11, 11.15. And I'm like, look, I'll be cool. If worst case scenario, I'll leave my shit in the car and we'll go straight to the stadium. I ain't tripping. So I go inside. We deplane. I want to smoke my vape. And I decided to go into a little fucking little uh, smoking area where they have like slot machines and shit. I lose like 20 bucks playing video poker. I get a text message and then they're announcing this, like, oh, you know, now the plane is leaving at 11.30. I was like, hold on, wait, what the fuck? Leave at 11.30, I'm not going to get to the stadium. I'm going to miss the game. So I'm calling, you know, I'm going to the front desk. I'm talking to them. Everyone's pissed off. There's people who have connecting flights and all kinds of shit. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, okay, well, we thought we could fix it locally with Southwest, but we can't. So we have to have, you know, Alaska Airlines is based out of Seattle. We have to have them fly in the part, and then we're going to fix it. I'm like, no, that ain't going to work. So I'm just in a fucking bad mood because I'm going to miss the game now. This has happened twice. It happened with the with the Niners game one time and it happened with this game. Both Bay Area fucking teams. Weird. So I'm pissed off. I call my boy. I'm like, yo, I can't go. I'm sorry, man. Give somebody my ticket. Don't trip. But then I realized, I was like, look, I booked the fucking same penthouse suites that I always stay at. You know, I know I'm going to get a refund, but I'm like, I don't want to sit here. Now, my father-in-law is in Vegas and uh, we chilled and had, um, had Red 8 for lunch. And um, I'm like, fuck do I go back to the casino and you know go watch the game at the casino I'm like nah fuck that shit I'm not doing that that's just a fucking nightmare I'm not gonna do that 
So I'm like, fuck this. There's a 11 a.m. flight going back to LA. I'll be in LA by 11.45. Fuck that. I'm going back to LA. So I'm just dealing with all that bullshit. And it's like 8.45 in the morning. I tell him to send my luggage back down to the terminal, to the carousel, whatever. And now my luggage is missing. It's only to take 15 minutes. Took like 45 minutes to get my luggage. I get a fucking taxi. I'm going over one terminal on the taxi with 30 bucks. I was like, you know what, dog? I don't give a fuck about the 20. I don't give a fuck about none of shit. I just want to get home. So I'm pissed off because I got to do this hype beast interview actually in a few hours. I'm supposed to do it, you know, in Seattle. So I'll do it over Zoom, um, you know, at home. And I'm just like, I'm just fucking highly irritated. And um, I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to miss the game. I'm pissed off about that. Call Alaska Airlines, you know what I'm saying? They refund my money. But then I'm like, fuck, I just paid 300 bucks for a one-way ticket on Southwest. And so now Alaska's going to give that money back. They're actually going to give me the money for my hotel too. So I'm like, you know what? It's not that bad. Let me just get fucking home, right? Seattle got canceled. I was like, all right, cool. I started to get in a bad mood. Call my wife. She understands. She's kind of, she's had an irritated weekend. Just the kids are giving her a hard time. And I'm in the plane. I had this gay couple sitting next to me. And I could just feel the energy off this dude. This Asian guy. And he's actually my height. So, you know, I think he thinks he's strong. I don't know what the fuck he is. You know what I'm saying? Dude looked like he had a big foot. I'm like analyzing this dude. Like, I don't know if it, just the energy he had was like, and he had a, this older white man was his boyfriend. And he was like trying to like strong arm me, like push me into the corner because I had the window seat. He took the middle seat. And so I pushed back a little bit and I'm trying to take a nap. I'm like, bro, you got the wrong motherfucker right now. I don't give a fuck if you know Muay Thai, if you know motherfucking BJJ. I don't give a fuck what you know, homie. I got a gun and I will fucking shoot you on this fucking plane. You're tripping. I didn't have my gun on the plane. It was under the plane, obviously. So um, I take a nap. I wake up. I'm groggy. I've already had a fucking hell of a morning since 4 a.m. I'm just like, you know, I get in my car, forget that I get valet and I order the fucking car detail. Thank God they washed the car. It's beautiful. And I get in the car. My daughter FaceTimes me. And right then and there, I started smiling. I was like, you know what? I'm so fucking blessed. You know what? I'm leaving in Miami tomorrow night. I would have been in Seattle, dealt with that Raiders loss. It would have just been a fucking, it would just been just so much that's going on. I would have hated being out there and being cold. It was nice that I got to get home and get a little break. I was going to have to miss my lesson with Ron. I had a golf lesson, you know what I'm saying, in a couple hours. And um, get to get my lesson with Ron. I get to chill more time and, with, with my family. I get to hang out and, and just be like, just, even though I'm out of town in a way, I just, the flying just kind of fucks me up. So, you know, I get home. We get some Zanku chicken. And, um, you know, I'm chilling with Ryder in London and everything. And there's seeing my kids make me smile. You know, I'm so fucking blessed. I know that, right? All the other shit was just, it is what it is. So obviously the game comes on. And immediately first fucking play, my boy Quandre Diggs gets an interception. In fact, he had two that game, right? And the crazy thing is when I got, my flight got canceled, Quandre Diggs was the first person to message me. He's like, oh shit, man. That sucks, bro. I'm fucking, I'm, sad. I'm sorry, man. You know, shit. Damn, man. He got me a field pass to be on the field, you know, before the game. And, you know, we're turned up. And then immediately Gino gets the ball and boom. First series, we score. 
So what's the motherfucking battle? Little did I know that our defense couldn't fucking hang and Josh Jones along with a whole bunch of other motherfuckers can't tackle. And it went into overtime. We obviously lost. And I'm just thinking about like our center, Blythe. This motherfucker is trash. I wasn't even paying attention to him, right? And I guess Shane Waldron came over from LA. So, you know, he brought him with him. But like Ethan, um, you know, our former center, is it Posick? He was a great fucking center. That motherfucker plays for Cleveland Browns and he's starting. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what, what the fuck? He's getting blown every time. We can't run, we can't do shit. And we're still, you know, we still scored 31 fucking points. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And we lose the game because of our defense. Offense scored. Defense couldn't fuck. Gino, they did everything they could, even though he threw a pick and whatever. There were some bullshit calls. I don't want to talk about the bullshit calls because that fumble from Josh Jacobs, that was a fumble, man. Pro forward progress. Man, get the fuck out of here. If that was forward progress, then the Kenny Walker and the touchdown in the beginning was forward progress. Or no forward progress, I mean. Catch with DK. There was so much little bullshit thing. I hate that type of shit. But when it gets that close, you know, and again, the Raiders have played so fucking bad all year. All their games, one touchdown or one score, super tight games, and they lost all of them pretty much. Why has it got to be us, man? So now, you know, we're, we're kind of not really in playoff contention for the wild card. It's this fucking shit show. I want us to do well. You know what I'm saying? I think we get the Rams this weekend. I'm not worried about them. You know, we got to get the Niners. You know, I, crazy, call me crazy. I think we can still get the Jets. Chiefs, out of the fucking question, right? And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm way too fucking old to be mad over a game, to be this mad, right? I, I've always, it always happens with the Seahawks. The Lakers, I've already been like, yeah, I wrote them off. You know, we, we just, we're just trash. And the Dodgers, you know, I'll get into it and whatever, boom. And, I, you know, but I still support and I go to the games and I don't really take it too serious. But this is like, this is a team I take the most serious because it's like they play the least amount of games in the season. But, you know, I get disappointed. Fuck it. My hopes get high, you know, I, I get high hopes and I had low expectations this year, but you know, Gino was doing his thing this year and this season and, and I'm just, it was a fucking perfect ending to a shitty ass fucking Sunday, right? And it's just, man, fuck. I think about how blessed I am, right? I think about just where I'm at in life and a fucking game could affect me so strongly it's crazy and then I see Russell Wilson is trending and I see they lose to the Carolina Panthers which is pretty much the worst team in NFL and I see the slander I see the fans I see you see the fucking defensive players on the on the Broncos cuss Russell out and you think about it like yo you got 250 million dollars you didn't believe in Pete you didn't believe in the system you couldn't trust the process and so you got gassed up, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know if Ciara's in your ear, whatever, Sierra, however the fuck you pronounce her name. And now you're like the laughing stock of the NFL. And you think about that. I'm sure Russell's healthy, right? He's a, he's a man of God and all that. He's got all the money, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But you can't tell me he's happy. I don't care how strong you are. I feel bad for Russell Wilson right now. He is getting fucking crushed all over the place. You name it on fucking television, on the social media, everywhere. Like this man is playing bad 
and he looks bad. And the funny thing is, it is on him, you know? And the shit, like, he could have stayed. And now is Gino the better option? I just think that if Russell would decide to just, you know, do the shit that Pete wanted, then, you know, we'd be all right. But actually, to tell you the truth, with all the draft picks and everything that we got, we end up, you know, the, getting the better deal. My point is, $250 million, man, you know, and you're, you're forced to stay there and play and do well. When I'm telling people, I'm like, yo, if I had, you know, 100 million, 2 billion, 1 million, like, it'd be different because I wouldn't be talking to nobody. I would retire. He has to play the game and deal with that shit. And that shit's going to fuck with him. Now, what do you do? He's got to come back 10 times harder next season. That's if fucking they even play. I don't even know why they, they shouldn't even play him anymore. I don't even know who the backup is because obviously we have Drew Locke. I don't know who their backup is, but I genuinely feel bad for Russell Wilson right now. This is just fucking crazy. Now, um, something I did talk about before, um, I don't give a fuck about soccer. I don't give a fuck about David Beckham. I don't give a fuck about fucking uh, Neymar, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, fucking, the only two fucking soccer players I ever gave a fuck about were Pele and Maradona. Other than that, I don't give a fuck about the World Cup. I don't care if Korea tied, whatever, boom. I mean, it's cool. I support it to a certain level. I will not sit there and watch a soccer game. I have. I've been to a couple Manchester United games. I've been to a couple LAFC games. I'm not really tripping. Football, soccer, I don't care what you call it. I just don't give a fuck about the World Cup. All right? But then after the whole Seahawks fiasco, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers get his ass handed to him by fucking Jalen Hurts. Jordan Love comes in and almost fucking does his thing. And I'm like, all right, cool. I hope that I just don't want the Eagles to fucking win. I don't like anybody. It's just too fucking good, right? You know? And um, <laughs> I'm just like that. I root for the underdog. I see this tweet from Canelo. And y'all know I'm not a Canelo fan. I am just not a fan of dude at all. I ain't got nothing to do with Mexicans or anything else. I just, I don't fuck with dude. I don't fuck with that ginger ass motherfucker. And I know he's, um, He's actually uh, sponsored by TaylorMade, too. He's also rep by my agency, XL. But he sends this tweet out about Messi. And I guess, you know, well, Mexico lost to Argentina, whatever. I guess Leo Messi put out this video, whatever. He, he exchanged jerseys with a Mexican player or something from team, Mexico's team. And someone threw it at his feet. And I think he caught it with his foot or whatever. But Canelo thought that it was disrespectful and that he was wiping the floor with the Mexican flag or some shit. So he said some shit. I can't wait to see you in person. I'm going to fuck you up or something like that. Canelo, sit the fuck down, bro. Sit your ginger ass down, bro. And go get and dye your hair brown or fucking black or some shit. Fuck out of here, bro. You actually think Messi gives a fuck about you, homie? And look, Canelo is is got, what, 15, 16 million followers. He makes a lot of money. Bro, you ain't got money like Messi, bro. And I don't even fuck with Messi like that. Messi got 350 million followers, dog. Like, you don't fuck, man. He don't give a fuck about what you got to say, Pippi Longstocking. Okay? The fuck out of here, man. I'm just tired of that bullshit, man. Speaking of boxing, man. My boy's managing Javanta uh, now, Tank Davis. And now this fight's supposed to happen with Ryan Garcia. And I told you, I'm not really a huge fan of Ryan Garcia. But after watching a lot of tanks, man, you know, it's different too because at that weight, I don't know if Javante really got a lock on this fight. I think Garcia might might get him. I might put some money on Garcia. I think Ryan's too fast for him, to be honest with you. But this whole boxing shit's a mess. 
got into that whole talk with my boy Josh over the weekend. We were just talking about Floyd and everything else and why people are, you know, why he's doing these these exhibition fights and all that shit. And I'm just hoping boxing comes back somehow, some way. You know, I still enjoy watching a good-ass boxing match. I don't want to see Jake Paul fight anymore. I, I don't. I mean, I would watch him fight Andrew Tate. But who knows if that's going to fucking happen. Anyways, been very, very lax, lacking on my movie shit. I still haven't watched Black Panther. I am going to finally watch it because my boy Josh, who I just met up with, gave me a fire stick that was jailbroken or whatever you call it. I don't know what the fuck you call it, fire stick or some shit. And um, I'm hopeful I can see fucking Black Panther and watch that bitch in its entirety. I'm fucking excited to watch that shit. But me and my wife had some time Thursday night, Thanksgiving evening before I got on my flight next morning. And we watched this movie with uh, Josh Duhamel. Is that how you pronounce his name? Duhamel, whatever. He was uh, on a TV show called Vegas. I actually like that show a lot. And this movie's called Bandit. It's a movie about a, a dude from the Midwest who robbed 59 banks in Canada during the 80s. And listen, one of Jonas's dreams, yes, Jonas Bavakwa, LRG, my best friend, rest in peace. One of Jonas's dreams, like one of his, his, he dreamed about robbing a bank. It was like something he just wanted to do. I don't know why. He's so fucking, he was so rich. But I love bank robbing movies, right? And um, this guy robbed a shit ton of banks it's based on a true story and he was living a lie and he met this girl and whatever. And this movie got like a seven rating on IMDb. Anything over six is I'm watching on IMDb because IMDb is a real score. Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit. They got fucking bots and all that bullshit. IMDb is a little bit more like it's harder to get that good score. You're not going to see many sevens on there, you know what I'm saying? Or even eights. Watched it. Let me save you guys $5. It was mid as fuck man i'm fucking mad i actually got into it there were parts here and there this shit was fucking trash this shit was so fucking boring man it's so fucking long-winded i just was like man god damn but um everyone keeps telling me to watch this show on hbo called white lotus can somebody from the btb army fill me in is white lotus really lit should i start it should i watch this like I, I'm, I'm really interested like should i i mean yes or no because I'll watch that motherfucker if it's lit. I didn't recognize anybody on the show except Michael Imperioli, who I like from Sopranos. But yeah, I'm looking for shit to watch. I got a flight this week to Miami. I got a flight back home. And I got all kinds of shit going on. I'm still in more cities. I'm in San Diego, San Francisco. What else am I fucking going? Going back to Seattle. I got a bunch of shit coming up, man. But yeah, listen, guys. I was going to drop the True Classic podcast today. But instead, I'm going to drop it on Thursday when I'm in Miami. And uh, it's a better episode. It's actually one of the best interviews I've ever done. And I'm starting to do interviews again. And I'm excited about it. In fact, my boy DJ Vlad hit me up this weekend. And he wants me to get on his show. And I didn't know he had that many fuck. He's getting like 10, 20 million views on his videos and on his interviews. And um, I don't care about that. But I know he's going to ask all the tough questions and all kinds of drama, whatever the fuck it is. But I'm definitely going to do Vlad's show next month. Well, I'm considering December right now. But like in January, probably... But I got a lot going on, man. We got the holidays. I hope everyone's safe. I hope everyone has a great week. Make it a great day. All that shit. Guys, we're going to do fan questions next Monday. So I'll send out an email and we'll get some updated fan questions. Maybe you guys got holiday questions about gifts. I don't fucking know what you guys got questions about. But 
that is all for this episode here, guys. I appreciate everyone who has supported me, whether you listen to two minutes of this podcast, you follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, bought one of my products. I don't know. A lot of people do listen to the show. By the way, shout out to all the people in Vegas. Man, I was very overwhelmed with all the love I got in Vegas at the mall, at the Wynn, running the people in the stores. People tell me to listen to the show. I ran into a listener at the Wynn um, Mall. And it's just awesome. But yeah, man, we got a great episode dropping on Thursday with True Classic. And that's going to be fire. Some really, really great, great pointers of how to start an e-commerce and a clothing brand and all that. I'm actually planning to get this guy back and do a second show. And also, I might have a collab with this dude because he's just fucking crushing it. All right. So anyways, guys, don't let Monday get you in the ass. You know, if I can get out of this funk, I know you guys can too. And uh, I will see you guys back on Thursday, y'all. All right? Much love. And that's my man, Lakey Lake. All right, peace. Peace.